The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, and hello, and welcome to IGN's PlayStation Podcast. I'm Max Scoville, hosting for Jonathan Dornbush, who is on vacation at an expensive rat park or some sort of island getaway. Who knows? Uh, this is episode 755, if you're keeping track. I barely am. I'm joined today by Jada Griffin and Matt Kim. Thank you so much for hopping on and hopefully helping me fill some dead air when I forget what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, you know, I actually got I got in touch with Jonathan while he's on vacation. He took his, uh, his PlayStation with him to play Ninja Turtles specifically. And because, you know, like you said, Did Rat he really? Park, he's only playing Splinter in the Rat Park. Okay, you're messing really with it. I was like, at home. that part isn't, that. I, I wouldn't put it past him for that, but I feel like just lugging a PlayStation 5 around isn't really, that's not really a very travel, you know, travel-centric thing. Anything is travel-centric if you work hard enough, Max. Fair enough. I, that's, I'm sure why not um there, somebody actually did figure out how to make a playstation 5 slim we're going to talk about that a little bit later but first we have some exciting news sort of maybe um sucker punch posted some job listings because they want to hire people to make video games which is what they do at sucker punch uh and these job listings have a little bit of information that could let us possibly glean what they might be working on next um this is, this is one of those, like, stop the presses, everybody. This mm-hmm. is huge news. Uh, they are looking for an encounter designer who will deliver interesting and varied encounters in an open-world game with a particular focus on melee combat and stealth. I mean, there's only one game Sucker Punch does that really... <laughs> well, not one game that focuses on stealth, but one big one that comes to mind yeah, with right? stealth. And we all know that's Infamous, right? Infamous, yep, one yeah. of the stealthiest games I've ever played. But no, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious because yeah, it's like this is a studio that is known for stealth and also open world games. So sure, why not? Um, they're also looking for a senior combat designer, uh, asking, "Do you delight in knowing the details of attack or parry timing and counting frames? Um, because if if you do, you should apply for a job at this company." Um, this is this sounds like Ghost of Tsushima too, right? Yeah, I think it sounds a little, maybe possibly like Sly Cooper. Potentially with, with melee combat. I mean, Sly has had melee combat. It was I guess, very, yeah. very minimal. Mm-hmm. It could be a rebranding of Sly Cooper to kind of bring it into the new age. I mean, okay, I, you're playing Raccoon's advocate here, which I fully <laughs> I, support. Yes. I'm always down for more Raccoon it's games. Sly a Raccoon? I thought he was a weasel. Is he, he's a no, he's a raccoon. He's no, a, raccoon. No, okay, he's a, bandit a bandit mask. No, no, no. Okay, yes. no, no. Devious right. raccoon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes Devious sense. Devious raccoon. about like eating it's eggs his... out of nests, like maybe, but he steals things. Okay, raccoons. that's it's a real just... that's a little unfair towards raccoons. They also do other things. They do eat eggs too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt, what do you think? Uh, no, I, I think it's Ghost of Tsushima too. Yeah. Ghost of Tsushima one did so well, and they're just going to keep making it again. Uh, but I'm excited because I like Ghost of Tsushima, and so I'm excited for Ghost of Tsushima. 
too. That's one of those games where I kind of wonder, what do you do to make it better? Because that is such a rock-solid game. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but it, it pretty much just nailed exactly what it set out to do. Um, you know, it's a big, huge, gorgeous, sprawling open world. It had a bunch of, like, very, you know, nice kind of quality-of-life things, and it was, you know, the combat was was fun, and I don't know. What do you? What would you? What would you tweak? I would go. I would. Okay, here's my thing. Uh, I think it's going to be very funny if it happens, but I think they're going to leave the island of Tsushima, right? Maybe go to a bigger, maybe just go to Japan, but still call it Coast of Tsushima. <laughs> That's gonna. Yeah, I was actually thinking about this. I think I made jokes in like a news video a million years ago where I actually went and looked up a bunch of other neighboring islands and like fired off like possible ghosts of those places. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I think this could be like a Horizon Zero Dawn Forbidden West kind of thing mm. where it's ghost of blank. Right. Mm. Ghost of the mainland. There you go. That's the title right there. Go. That's kind of, ghost kind of, of vague. Mainland. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, but that be that could be cool. Um, I obviously would love to see more of that. And I think, yeah, to your point, Ghost, the, the first one, sold 8 million copies. So I feel like that's a pretty good indication that they might make another one of those games. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. It is most likely, as much as I want in my heart for it to be a new Sly Cooper, I'm pretty sure it's Ghost 2. Um, I think improvement-wise, I think it's just a matter of kind of varying up some of the different encounters, kind of like what they started to do with the DLC, mm-hmm. with, um, I forget the name of the DLC island right now, off the top of my head. but Monkey, Monkey Island, I think. Yes, Monkey Island. Secret uh, sh- of Ghost enough, of Tsushima, yeah. Monkey <laughs> Island. Um, but yes, it was... Um, but yeah, they, they varied up a lot of stuff. They added a lot of different things. Like, you started to be able to commune with, like, different animals and stuff on the island. There was cat sanctuaries. There were deer sanctuaries um, that each had different type of things you could do. Um, I think I think the, the second job listing you mentioned was talking about, like, counting frames and perfect parries. I think that means, that makes it sound like we're going to get a lot more duels. Mm. And I think that's one area where it can really shine is by, because the duels are kind of like the highlight of Ghost of Tsushima, being able to relive those kind of like famous samurai duels in that game. I think that is an area where they can improve and Mm -hmm. just make that a bigger, more um, important feature and just something that's more in your face and you get to do it more often. Totally, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's very very solid. It did what it set out to do. Yep. so I think at this point it's it's not so much like I, I think trying to overextend itself if they try to do too many new crazy mm-hmm. things, but I could definitely see them maybe you know introducing more nuanced styles of melee combat. So you know it, you know again it, it can't be like a FromSoft game where you're fighting all these different monsters that have different abilities and stuff, but they could be like okay here's different types of fighters like here's different yeah. fighting styles like I don't know here's a ninja who goes in the trees. You gotta throw rocks at him, get him down, or no, something. No, for sure. I think enemy variety is definitely something. Like mm-hmm. that's a good point. Like mm-hmm. I, I think after a while, you really were just fighting like fast, agile guy, big, tough guy, sword, shield guy, and it just sort of yep. like repeated. And they're like, bit. "Great news, everybody! The sword, shield guy is now gold, and he's harder <laughs> than ever." <laughs> right, right. Uh, Imagine if the job listings were like looking for confectionery chef. Red Soccer Punch, right? <laughs> <laughs> looking for, looking for adding a cooking yeah. mini game to there. Just, just, you know, we're branching for, out. We're going into sweets. We're going to make suckers and punch. It's going to be sweet. Um, um, but it was Iki Island was the name of the expansion. That just came to mind. Yes. Um, but no, yeah. And they added an enemy variety in that, which was great. I think we're going to get a lot more of the the multiplayer stuff, the legends, which did really well. I think we're going to see more of that stuff kind of expand on. Um, but yeah, no, I agree um, on all those points. The, the multiplayer was like co-op right that was yes yeah Yeah, there was a co-op like campaign to a degree it was like just like missions strung together Mm -hmm. um 
not like a open world where you could just go wherever you want. Um, and then they also had like a survival where you had to defend a bunch of points. You know what would be good? Invasions. Mm. I feel like that would be a very good, like kind of the Dark Souls approach. Like the new the new Sniper oh. Elite did that, where like just a random like Nazi will show up from the internet and try to kill you. And, like, I mean, not like a... No, I know. You know, I know, I, you know then again, jury's out. You never know. Never but, know. Uh, you know, that was... I, I love that mechanic. Like the idea, it's it's also like completely nerve wracking when it's just like somebody broke into your game and they're trying to kill you because it's like, I didn't, I want to play in this world. I didn't want to, you know, do multiplayer, but that could be fascinating if some you know some dude just like saunters out of the bushes and he's like you know draws a sword you're like oh it's bong lord okay i guess we're dueling dude let's do it especially with like you know ninjas right like in in dark souls and elden ring right like you're fighting typically like a magic knight or anything like that he's sort of just like maybe if he's polite he'll do a little gesture right but like never if you're if you're mm-hmm. out in the if you're out in the woods right and and suddenly you hear rustling and then oh there it is a ninja up in the trees it's an enemy player it's bong lord Bong yep. Lord, we got to get him down from there. We got to throw rocks. Um, anyway, sorry if I just sort of got shot out of a cannon there. I haven't done this in a very long time, so please, please be nice in the comments below. Um, moving on, let's talk about a game that will not be an open world game, which is Final Fantasy 16. Uh, IGN put up a great sort of handful of little write-ups uh, talking to um, the producer, uh, whose name I do not have written down in front of me. Because I, there we go. Thank you. Glad you're here. Um, but, but yeah, basically got some clarification about what their approach is with this game. And I think a lot of us, you know, because there have been quite a few Final Fantasies leading up to this, we kind of think we know what we're in for. But at the same time, they obviously want to try some new things and they want to, you know, open this up to, to new players. Um, they said, uh, we found in our extensive user research that many of the younger generation of gamers have never played a Final Fantasy or don't have any interest in the series to create a game that might excite and resonate not only with our core fans, but also with that new generation. We played a lot of games ourselves. So yes, in FF16, you will find inspiration from recent AAA open world RPGs. However, to bring a story that feels like it spans an entire globe and beyond, we decided to avoid an open world design that limits us to a single open world space and instead focus on an independent area-based game design that can give players a better feel of a truly global scale. I'm super down for that. I mean, yeah. that sounds like a very... I, I really hate that we do have to make that sort of delineation of uh, open world or open worlds, mm. but like... You know, not every game can be a huge, massive, sprawling, cohesive ecosystem. Mm-hmm. In some cases, maybe you just have a few like large playgrounds where you turn people loose. I think Dragon Age Inquisition did this, and it was like a pretty good approach to, you know, it's not, it's it's not like a hallway that you walk down, but it's also not just like one giant, you know, sprawling map. Yeah, because Inquisition was one of those first. I don't want to say first, but it was one of those early games where it had that really big, sprawling tutorial area that what that like was like, hey, you can go in here and play around. And if you really want to get lost in this area, you can spend 20 hours in this open tutorial area if you want to. Um, and a lot of games have been kind of picking up and doing that going forward. So I'm kind of ex- interested to see how Final Fantasy handles it, if they're going to go take that mm-hmm. approach. Um, I wonder if it's going to be kind of like, because it seems kind of like like the kingdoms are very much in like war or strife and whatnot. And so like I wonder if there's going to be a whole tactical portion where you're kind of like, okay, I'm going over here now because there's you know, an outbreak of a summon that's mm-hmm. happening over here. Um, and I got to go fight and quell that resistance or lead the resistance to right. quell the, you know, whatever tyranny is going on over there. Um, but yeah, I think I'm, I'm interested to see. Yeah. I, I'm really, there's so many games out and RPGs already occupy so much time. So having a way to kind of like trim down the fat that we don't really need in the, the RPGs is 
Uh, welcome to surprise to me. Well, this is also, I, I feel like, kind of an ass-covering choice to say, like, this is not open world by design. It yeah. might be a very open, wide, you know, wide linear game. Um, but this is the same deal with, like, um, like Dragon Ball Z Kakarot was not mm. an open world game, mm-hmm. but it had multiple massive, huge open maps that you mm. could explore freely. Yeah. And there were sort of, you know, you'd have, like, recess mode where you could go fly around and do whatever you wanted, and then occasionally it would sort of funnel you into, like, okay, now we're going to Namek. It's story time over here. Like, you got to move on to the next chapter. Yeah, a lot of people are rightly, you know, comparing it to Final Fantasy XIV, which, funny enough, Naoki Yoshida also directs, and the mo- like most of the developers on sixteen are, like, veterans of the MMO. Uh, and that one also does a similar, like, there's no contiguous open world, but they've got a bunch of different regions, right, set on different continents, and you can, like, fast travel to them. And, like, anyone who plays fourteen will tell you that those open areas are massive, right, which is why mm-hmm. people beg to like have fast travel and like mounts and things like that right that's how big they are and so it's one of those things where like if you want an open like if you're a game designer and you want an open world and you want like an elden ring right and you build a smart open world like with like all sorts of like shortcuts and things like that like you do you but like if you're trying to do like a specific design which is show like a global scale conflict have different like major cities different like continents and stuff like that then like you're totally welcome to just make massive disconnected worlds that you can travel to um yeah. And it will just be equally compelling. Now, on your note about talking about FF14 uh, in relation to 16, it obviously is like a lot of the same people working on that. Um, yeah, you should have talked a little bit about, let's see, FF16 will be its own entity separate from Final Fantasy 14 and the other games in the series. So you won't find as many tributes as you will in FF14. <clears throat> that doesn't mean that there won't be some Easter eggs, though. Uh, that said... FF16's main focus will be on maintaining that series-wide feel of, pl- of playing a movie rather than drawing from past titles, which is which is good. I mean, we've we've talked about this on kind of previous episodes that I've been on, but um, it's you know, Final Fantasy is like kind of this is the this is the first one that feels like really new in a while, mm-hmm. you know, because 14 was getting multiple expansions and we're getting a three-part remake of seven, and then prior to that there were the three chapters of you know 13 and obviously 15, which got announced in like 2007 or something. So it's like been a, it's been a hot minute since they were like, hey, here's the here's the new Final Fantasy up here. So, um, you know, obviously, like there's going to be people looking for something familiar, but they again, they want to try to do uh, some new things. Um, you talked a little bit about sort of summons and combat, uh, saying translating traditional summon abilities into player actions and allowing for real time swapping and chaining of these abilities in battle has allowed us to create a system that not only looks great, but also feels really good to play. And obviously there is that kind of um, there is that challenge of this is a series that historically has been, um, you know, turn-based and more recently it's gone into real-time combat and there are sort of legacy mechanics or legacy concepts that you really, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you bring like a summoning a giant deity into real-time combat without it feeling totally out of place? So I don't know. I mean, to be fair, even in the turn-based, like summoning summons have always been kind of the OP go-to strategy. Um, I think 10, was probably the one that kind of balanced the summons the best, I would say. Um, but, I mean, if you go back to, like, 7, like, being able to summon Knights of the Round towards the end game and mime it, and it just, with the mime materia, and just, like, okay, we're just going to keep just <laughs> copycat casting this spell and just wreck every enemy. I mean, it took 20 minutes for every fight, yeah. but, you know. I mean, someone's worked in, like, the 16-bit era because you just have, like, a cool JPEG show up. Yeah. Like, it's probably, like, a bitmap or whatever, but it would just roll in and, you know, the screen would flash a bunch and then there'd be very high numbers flying off. You're like, <laughs> hell yeah, <laughs> look at those numbers. 800. <laughs> Creeping in there. 800. Uh, I think, like, that's spe- like, this is speculation on my part, right? But I don't know if y'all saw the most recent trailer, the one from this month, but... Were there like those like 
scenes of like the icons fighting and you could see like a combat bar up mm-hmm. on the top right and people are speculating that there might be like big giant boss battles where you can like turn into a monster and like punch another monster right and it's one of those things where i feel like my like completely breaking from tradition but i kind of just want final fantasy to do an assurance wrath you know mm, yeah just oh, man yeah. big crazy fights with you know what throwing a few qtes for nostalgia I think that's kind of fair game because I mean the idea of that that is that is more gamified. Like obviously we look at QTEs as being sort of like okay you're stopping down uh, my actual agency and having me mash buttons, but compared to a summon where you push the button and then the thing happens in front of you, yeah. there's a little more you know, a little more gaminess there, which is kind of cool. But yeah, it'd be kind of weird if it just turned into like a giant you know god sized rock'em sock'em robots match and oh. you just you know in yeah. the middle of another existing match. Uh, yeah, we also got a little bit of info about the party system, saying that Clive, that's your new guy, Clive, by the way, if you haven't been keeping track. Gotta love Clive. Everyone, buckle up. It's time for Clive. Sorry. <laughs> I got the, I'm going to have like the Clive stands coming after me now. They're already, they're already filling your inbox. Okay, Clive stands sounds like somebody else entirely. Anyway, uh, Clive will be accompanied by one, of, one or more companions. These companions will participate in battle as well as trade banter with Clive. That said, the party's members will be AI-driven, so it's allowed to players to focus solely on controlling Clive, much like we did with Noctis. And, yeah. you know, that's fine, you know? I mean, yeah. if we get some great NPCs like we did with, you know, Daddius and Prompto... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Gladius was... Gladius was... He was hot. I loved Gladius. Gladiolus? Gladius? Gladius. I think it's Gladiolus. Gladiolus. Gladiolus? I think it's Gladiolus. I, I always called him, I just switched it to Daddyolus or Daddyus. So, that's like, you know, that's, yeah. that was just what it was. I'm totally, um, it's, But I'm, Ignis and Prompto were great as well. And so, like, I'm totally happy if we get, like, just real character development between them because mm-hmm. I feel like older Final Fantasies, like, they're always, they've always have great party members, but sometimes you just don't get to dive in as deep to certain ones as you want. And yeah. 15 really nailed that. Well, that's dynamic. something I really loved about. Uh, 15 was that they they all did have like distinct unique characteristics mm-hmm. that made them feel less like classes and more like actual people yeah. you know mm-hmm. and I mean, obviously like with a role playing game you want to you want to play certain roles but at the same time having some established ones sort of help and not just having these sort of you know boilerplate like here's the guy who heals here's the guy who does the fireballs or whatever mm-hmm. yep. instead of having the guy who's like aha I have a recipe idea you're like <laughs> alright you like to cook that's cool whatever mm-hmm. um, yeah I don't know I, I would love to see more stuff like that and you know obviously it'll be interesting to see i guess you know how they'll approach the party system and who those characters will be Mm -hmm. swapping in and out because i don't know like we again with with ff7 we kind of you know we're like all right you know when's you if you're going to show up like you know we know who these people are in advance you know um and then with with 15 it was like you kind of had a pretty set roster for most of the Mm -hmm. time so it'd be kind of cool if you can you know sort of pick your favorites and have your have your squad. I like how, like, it does feel like 16 does feel like a, a sort of like, okay, we did 15, you know, modern setting, you know, with the cars and everything like that and road trip format. We're kind of backing away from that, going a little more traditional, classic sort of like knights and sorcery kind of thing. But I'm glad that they, like, identified that AI party system with, like, people that you actually liked hanging out with as, like, a, like a benefit. And I'm hoping that they bring that back for 16 too. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Again, it's, it feels like such an unknown quantity, but mm. I'm, I know... Y- you're an FF14 guy, right? We both are. Yep. Okay. Well, I'm. I never got into it. I feel like the you know FF14 people are. They're always going to tell you they're, if they're into it. It's just 
Jada, you're excluded because you play every game. You play <laughs> I do. everything. I do play everything. Yes. It's it's like not fair. It doesn't count. But, I just uh, I just assume anytime anybody's saying like, "Yo, you played this," I'm like, "Yes, I do." Even yeah. if I haven't played it, yes, I probably have played it. That's, um, yeah. And I just don't remember. But yeah, I mean, fourteen. It's you know, I'm happy. I'm happy. It makes so many people happy. But I tried to get into it. It just didn't click for me. Yeah. And it, you know, I, I'm. I guess it's sort of a relief that they're like, "Hey, this isn't just more of that. This is its own thing." Yeah. And I'm, you know, my interest is peaked. It's a, it's a, 14's a big ask, you know, you mm-hmm. really have to play like 60 hours in order for it to get quote unquote good, right? Like, cause the first, first hundred or so hours is like really like just table setting for like the good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I'm really excited for 16. I'm really excited for people who have always been interested in 14, but the MMO stuff, you know, intimidates them or, or the hours that you need to put in is intimidating. It's all or true. Or just the subscription Or the cost. subscription cost. It's all, these are all Even valid, valid stuff. To- so, you know, I'm glad that this creative team that made a really good Final Fantasy game can make another Final Fantasy game that's more accessible for mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And, I mean, you know that there's stuff that they probably wanted to try in 14 that just is either too difficult to implement or just doesn't make sense yeah. in a multiplayer scenario. So, I feel um, like the, that's part of like the the whole new um, what's it, what's the system called in 14 where you get like the NPC party members now? Oh, the trust system. The trust system, yeah. yeah. So I feel like that's kind of what they were alluding to when you're talking about with the the party members that kind of swap in. Mm. Kind of sounds like it might be like a variation of the trust system. I trust that one of them knows what we're having for supper. I hope it's delicious. We get to watch them cook it. Yes. And it'll be very sweet and full of confectionaries. Sounds good. Anyway, if you are sick of hearing us talk about Final Fantasy 16, I have great news because now it is time. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. To do a real pop shove it and kickflip into our next <laughs> Ollie of a story, which is that Actually, it's it's kind of a sad one. Um, <laughs> Tony Hawk says that uh, three and four pro skater remakes are not happening. Um, this is totally like a weird, out of left field uh, piece of information. But um, yeah, he was he was just on a he was on a, a let's play a and, Twitch stream. Yeah, yeah, it was on a Twitch stream. It was amazing. And just yeah, you want to you want to tell like just, yeah yeah. <laughs> so like they were is a, a streamer was just streaming and playing Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 2 remaster remake whatever it's called uh and he had Tony Hawk on and he and at, at some point he just sort of like oh you know I really hope that they make 3 and 4 remastered and Tony Hawk who you know lends his name to the game is actually pretty like in the development process was just like they tried they tried and then it got canceled and then you just like explain the whole story which is um which connects back to an earlier story where there were reports uh either last year or year before that that vicarious visions the studio behind tony Hawk pro skater one two remaster remake um got folded into blizzard to help out on i believe diablo 4 i believe vicarious visions is currently helping out blizzard on diablo um and uh, there, they were, there were plans for them to handle 3 and 4 in a similar way. But once they got folded in, Activision needed a new studio to handle 3 and 4. And I guess, according to Tony Hawk himself, just on the stream, according to him, uh, no other studio sort of could... They weren't happy with any studio to try 3 and 4. So they were like, well, I guess it's over. So you just threw it in the recycle bin. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just, Such a bummer. Just- you, you better be able to grind rails in Diablo 4. I'm going to be very cross. Uh, no, it's, I mean, that's such a bummer. And also, just I love when we get somebody who is outside of the gaming space to just come out and sort of blurt things out. Because this is like the kind of thing you get from like a, a movie director mm-hmm. at a junket being like, oh, yeah, sorry, you know, that movie isn't happening because blah, blah, blah. It's not, everything is so tightly under wraps. And I don't know, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's really this, that sucks, you know, because obviously more, more different games are preferable to a bunch of studios working on one game that might not be for everybody and i don't know i hope that tony hawk gets to make more games whatever that means mm-hmm. um but he's you know he's a good guy anyway um speaking of things that are not happening here's another sort of downer piece of news and i swear we have we have some good stuff after this it'll be it'll be fun <laughs> um but playstation is going to be skipping gamescom 2022 that is of course the big video game convention thing that happens in germany uh at the end of august i guess yeah like yeah. third week third, i should know week. i think they're sending me but uh, <laughs> apparently i don't know what i'm doing there because uh playstation is not going to be there and they're not going to be a part of keely's opening night live show either unless they're like really trying to you know pull back on expectations so they can go ha surprise death mm. stranding too which i don't know if they will um nintendo is also not going and neither is take two uh but the embracer group which is of course the giant conglomerate of all sorts of studios and publishers and thq nordic and saber and coke media and coffee stain they're going to be there and bandai namco is going to be there and microsoft has not said either way but um yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird slim lineup, and there are, you know multiple factors at play here. There is the fact that there was a giant global 
plague, which was a problem. You know, maybe some people don't want to go to a giant convention center full with 400,000 people walking around. Um, and also, this fall seems kind of light, you know? Mm. There's not a ton of massive stuff coming out, so maybe it's just not really worth the trouble to get out there and set up a bunch of demo stations for games that may or may not be happening soon. But I don't know. Um, what's, your, what's your read on this, Jada? Yeah, I mean, uh, we always love to see as many people there at these conferences. You know, I've been doing conference, doing the conference show lineup for seven, eight years now, and it's the the big draw is always seeing like the big three there, and then also being able to fill in that time with all the indies and others, you know, other AAAs that are there. Um, so it's definitely a big blow to the the lineup when you don't have the the heavy hitters that are going to be there. Um, I think ever since the the grand plague has hit the world, um, you know. Developers have been, you know, changing up their their strategy and like figuring out like, hey, why do I need to go to this conference and split spend all this money because conferences are expensive to get room on the show floor um, and split my time and the attention of our of everybody there with a hundred mm-hmm, to two hundred mm-hmm. other games when I can do a live stream and captivate five six hundred thousand a million people like. Yeah. That are solely devoted to looking at my game for the next yeah, they're not gonna, 48, like, 72 hours. Wander off halfway through the demo and buy a pretzel. They're going to be <laughs> yeah, watching and the that happens. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I'm sitting in line, you're watching somebody play, and they're like, they'll play for like literally, they'll wait in line for 20 minutes. They'll hop on, play for two minutes, and like, nah, this isn't for me, and then yeah. and just walk off. I'm like, I waited 20 minutes. I'm putting in my five to 10 <laughs> minutes on this demo. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is they also just added the, the you know, top tier of the new PlayStation Plus has demos, which. Yep. If you can if you can push out your demos globally to people who are paying money to play them mm-hmm. and you're not, you know, it's not the money going to the convention, like I don't know, that seems like a pretty straightforward way to go about it. If yeah. you can control the messaging and have it on, you know. I mean, this is this is definitely a bummer though because like PlayStation has had some pretty massive like Gamescom presences. That mm-hmm. was where PT got revealed and announced. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, Matt, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I wonder my thinking is uh, like PlayStation has, you know, for the past couple of years, even before, even before the pandemic, like has been scaling back its presence at like E3 and things like that. So that's not hugely surprising. And another part of me wonders if, like, I think PlayStation's like big uh, holiday early 2023 plans revolve around PSVR 2, right? Like, I feel like that's something that they're ramping up heavily for that like time, which Gamescom would be perfect for. But I think. Again, because of the pandemic, nobody wants to be sharing headsets mm-hmm. at a yep. demo kiosk. Uh, I didn't even like doing that before the pandemic. I definitely don't want to do it now, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, that was a, that was an icky. icky it was one. gross. Yeah. I think I demoed maybe like two or three VR games, yeah. like at, think, at conventions. Because I think I was there just, was a story. I think people would try to figure out: Can you get Pink Eye from sharing like demo headsets? Yeah, I remember that. Like yeah, that story. Like, that like, was going like a around. thing that people were like actively like interested in because like. That was one of those things where, like, when when like Oculus and and HTC were all showing off their new next gen headsets, I was like, I kind of want to put that on. I was, <laughs> I was trying to get to the con- I was, like anytime I was like had a VR appointment, I was like, I'm putting this first thing in the morning. Yeah, I'm gonna be the first person in the convention center. I'm like, I'm there like 20, 30 minutes before the doors open because <laughs> I just want to try the VR stuff, and everybody has to go after me. So <laughs> I think it was PAX Prime 2012. I was just like immediately the sickest on the first day like i was the oh. i was like the typhoid mary of that show <laughs> and that was also the year that i demoed the version you know 0.05 oculus rift 
like the very oh, first model, literally made of gaffer tape and ski goggles. Yeah. Yeah. And we're in this like little tiny, you know, fenced off booth with Palmer Lucky, and I'm playing, you know, Doom Three BFG Edition, like I'm looking through a screen door, and I'm just like, I definitely got people sick from doing that. <laughs> like that thing was not like. I mean, I feel like later versions they're like, oh, it's uh, you know, it's easy to wipe down, it's antimicrobial, mm-hmm. you know, polyfoam or whatever. <laughs> that one was like, nah, dude, that's foam rubber from a ski goggle. Like that is gonna that is gonna absorb things. <laughs> Nasty. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So that's I don't know. That's that's sort of a bummer. I hope that there's cool stuff at Gamescom. Um, yeah, I don't know. It it again, like we sort of this this fall is looking real thin, looking real real, real thin, empty. But there are some things looking even thinner, such as this totally bonkers PlayStation Slim that a YouTuber named uh, DIY Perks put together. Which is this is one of those videos where I just I I wanted to like just give up. Because it's so, like, the people are out there doing such incredible, mm-hmm. utter mm-hmm. witchcraft. But, um, dude basically takes apart an entire PS5, which I wouldn't want to do in the first place. Totally breaks it down. And then takes the guts of it and puts it into something that is, like, I think two centimeters yeah. thick. So, like, less less than an inch thick. Looks like an old school DVD player. Right. Like, size. Looks it's... like a laser disc. It's gorgeous. It's, like, yes. all made of, like, polished brass yeah. but, or copper. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you watch the? Did you watch the video? I haven't watched the video yet. I saw the like the the image of it, and I was like, "That is enough for me to know." Like, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. So there's a catch because the <laughs> image of it is like it's really really cool, and somebody's like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Why doesn't Sony do that? And then Matt, did you watch the video? Yeah, I did. Yeah. What's what's the? He he had to move parts from outside of the unit. Oh, he had an the power ex- Yeah, he external. could have like external like processing unit for that was more than just power, right? It was like graph like graphics and stuff like that. Like he had Makes an external sense. unit. In order to make it fit into that, like, it was like a heat sink or power adapter. Yeah. It was, he had this thing that looked like um, the when like the teacher would you know pull down a big screen for a projector. It looked like the thing that the screen rolls up into, but mm-hmm. it was like propped up on a pair of like flower pots. And then there's like there's like cables running up to it that are like it's it's like water cooled. It's a really cool video. I highly recommend everyone go check it out. Obviously incredible brilliant work but also it's kind of hilarious to be like we have put the ps5 in this thing and there's like soda fountain cables running under the table and there's this <laughs> thing like the size of my sound bar back there um but i love that i mean i i also i we were alluding to this earlier but good lord the ps5 is a big thing yeah i like my ps5 i i like i love i like the style of it i i don't the size doesn't bug me it sits right on my entertainment stand right next to my tv mm-hmm. so like i have just enough space to where it like perfectly sits there and it, it looks really nice next to my TV and it matches the color scheme and everything like that, which is also the one thing that bugs me about it matching my color scheme so much of my, is that I don't want to buy the plates that are gorgeous. Mm. I really want to do the plates where I'm like, none of the colors match my setup in my house right now. So mm. I need more colors schemes. I, I painted mine yeah. yellow oh. because I briefly made the, I made my PS5 look like a giant taco. <laughs> Okay, like I, I thought took, you were gonna go with like you're for your love of cyberpunk. No, that would that would have been it would have been cool. It definitely is now it's just sort of like a plain yellow and black, which is kinda cool. <laughs> I might do like a Jurassic Park thing. I don't know. That's but cool. I had like vinyl strips across the middle of it that looked like like lettuce and cheese and beef and stuff. It was just it also looked like a third grader made it, but you know, it was funny for a second. But I've I've since like wall mounted my PS five, which is actually a very good solution, especially if you have a one year old running around trying to <laughs> eat things that will electrocute her. Ah. I don't know. Matt, what do you think we're gonna see of an actual actual slim PS five? Uh Probably in the next two years. Probably. I think imagine. So? I imagine, right? Like we're getting. We're, how PS Five came out? What twenty twenty? It's coming up on two years. Yeah, on yeah. two years. Okay, so maybe in twenty twenty four, twenty five. I would say, yeah. But I'm with I'm with Jada. Like I like mine. I like the big one, and I kind of knew like 
because there's always a PS4 Slim, there's a PS3 Slim, there's a mm-hmm. PS2 Slim. Every town is Elm Street, yeah. There's always a Slim. I knew that there was definitely probably going to be a PS5 Slim at some point, but like like you said, like I like that it's kind of ostentatious. I think Jim Ryan was the one who was like, we designed this purposefully so that it's like a conversation piece. It is a conversation mm-hmm. piece, maybe not in like the most complimentary of ways, but like I'm glad that I have something that sometimes doesn't look like a game console, right? Sometimes looks mm-hmm. like a flower face. I was driving by your house and I couldn't help but notice that you were a PlayStation fan. <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely, you know, conversation starter. If anytime you have people over, I don't have people over anymore because of the, the plague, but when I used to have people over, like, oh, do you have this? Do you have this? And, you know, these are people who didn't don't know me sure, very well. Yeah. The first time meeting Jada, because they're like, they're asking me, do you have stuff, Jada? Um, but, you know, now I wouldn't have to worry about that because it just kind of stands out. So I'm like, oh, you have a PS5, let's play. You know, it's very easy to kind of to do that. And I imagine there are people who have that situation mm-hmm. set up. So if you really want to make a conversation piece, you should disguise your PlayStation <laughs> as a giant taco. Yeah. I highly recommend that. <laughs> Good God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly thinking about this, I think we're definitely going to get a slim at some point. Yeah. But I considering how weird this generational rollout has been, it would not surprise me if it's a little bit later than mm. we might expect. I think we're going to get it sooner. I think if we're going to see it. 2023 24 really i think most most slims start unveiling around the three to four year mark so i think i think they're going to follow suit with that i think there's probably reasonings behind that when it comes to like just parts and stuff like that for them to go down to a slim i think i think we're gonna they're gonna see them try and make that adjustment with uh, to help with the parts I mean, the big sort of X factor is like chip shortages and yeah. also just the fact that people have still been having a hard time getting their hands on an actual regular PS5. So yeah. who knows? Um, I mean, maybe that'll maybe they'll find like a new chip that is better for putting in the slim and then they'll be like, good luck with those big old ones. <laughs> um, they always do. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, shifting gears here. This is actually a very cool new game that got announced like 90 minutes ago as of recording this. Um, hyenas is the name of the game. Mm. Um, IGN had an exclusive trailer reveal. This is uh, definitely one of those trailers where you watch it and you're like, what, it, what, are, they, what, are, they, what are they selling me? What is this product? Mm. And it is uh, Creative Assembly, mm-hmm. who you might know from Alien Isolation and Total War. Total War. Mm-hmm. Almost all of them. Yeah, yeah. To- totally War. And then <laughs> Alien Isolation. Um, this, is, this is an original IP from them. I guess they're, it's their first original IP, maybe? That isn't rooted in ancient history? or That isn't like... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't I guess know. they don't own the IP that is ancient Rome, so that yeah. makes sense. That's, that's, I think the the royalties on their <laughs> came open source or whatever. Um, but this is a, a P P V E V P V E P V P P V E P E P E Physical Education guys. P V E V P F P S. You got all that? I think that's fairly straightforward. Uh, but basically, it is uh, 15 players per match, broken up into five teams of three. That math checks out. Um, and the goal, I, this actually sounds like really fun. Um, the goal is to steal treasures, but I think they're also, they're pop culture artifacts and you're stealing them from deep space freighter ships. And so that's why you're hyenas. You're like scavengers. You're getting on there. Um, looks super colorful. Looks kind of Saints Rowy, kind of, you know, kind of over the top. And because it's in deep space, they're going to be like sections that are in zero gravity, which I'm sure will completely come into play. Sort of weird. But I, I think you're just going to be, you're going to be like stealing, stealing like Sonic the Hedgehog plushies and stuff. <laughs> Which sounds like kind of kind of great, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like I'm, Jada, you're like you're super big on Apex, which I feel like has yes. a kind of a similar vibe. What's your what's your read on this? Um, I, I really like the the style that they're going for. I think um, I think kind of honing in on that core combat between like smaller groups, um, because you know Apex is either 
applauded for too many third parties where, you know, like, oh, cool, we just killed our third squad. And then four and five and six squads just show up and you're fighting, you know, 18 other people. And it's just it's a nightmare. And you sometimes you make it out of it. Most of the times you don't. Um, And but this one, it seems like it's going to be an interesting kind of like more focused on like, hey, win this combat or and, and, you know, continue to do your objectives versus just straight, you know, kill everybody and be the last person standing. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for this. It looks pretty cool. Um, I definitely want to see more. Yeah. Um, because we got a very small look at it today. I mean, it's a trailer but, that doesn't show you anything resembling gameplay. It's mm-hmm. one of those where you're like watching it. Like, is this isometric? Like, what is this going to be? Yeah, stylish. Matt, did you get a chance to check it out? I saw a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know too much about the pop culture effect things, but that'd be fun. Uh, Bart Simpson's memorabilia. Plate. I don't know if Sega has the right to Bart Simpson's, but, I, you know, maybe, you know, do like a crossover. Uh... Total War Century. It's total, you can steal Total War Earns. earns. I don't know. Sega yeah. Publishing, right? Yeah. For this one. So, I mean, that's anything Sega or Atlas. So we Yeah, no, there's a lot to pull from. Oh, a lot sure. of stuff to pull okay. from. I don't yeah. know. Maybe, maybe they can get Idris Elba to do a, a, a voice for Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little recording. Yeah. Why not? That movie was fun. I like that. I like that he ruined a wedding. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so I'm excited for this. I think it's it looks it looks pretty cool. I I weirdly like I used to be like a guy like oh I don't play multiplayer shooters and now I guess I do which yeah. is just kind of bizarre I don't know tastes change so that's it happens I don't know mm-hmm. it's just, it's kind of nice to be like oh I'll actually do, I, I'll do this <laughs> but they're no release date yet um, they have an alpha sign up on their website so that's cool um, I have no idea if we're like over time we're on right on schedule or if we've been doing this for like twenty minutes. Does anyone know when did we start? Do you know I have no idea. I don't even know what time it is. It's eleven thirty eight in the morning. Mm. THX eleven thirty eight. So let's talk about what we've been what we've been experiencing pop culture wise. Jada, what have you been playing, reading, watching, listening to? Oh my goodness, so much stuff. Uh, so I took a couple days off for after post summer of gaming and everything like that. Um, playing a lot of Monster Hunter Rise, a lot of Apex Legends. I've uh, been playing some. I played TMNT Shredder's Revenge. Obviously, played through that like two or three times. Uh, I picked up Dragon's Crown. Like, there's so many games I can't even list them all. I will literally monopolize whatever. I mean, you, time you, does you not like exist. we said, you play everything, but I appreciate that you <laughs> don't just play everything new. You'll occasionally be like Dragon's Crown. Why not? You know? <laughs> like, I want to go back and play this. Um, but speaking of Apex Legends, Max, remember? I remember last time we were on together. I told you about the control mode, which was like the nine v nine kind of infinite respawns. Mm-hmm. That's back right now, so Ooh. it's a good time for you to hop on and right. check it out. Suck it, Fortnite. All right, um, come check it out. And I will. Send yeah. me a friend request or uh, carry my lifeless corpse. And I will carry you, yes, and get you get you up to speed. Now you have it says here you're playing Ape Escape One. Is that correct? Yes. Do I also, have, are my notes yes, correct? Yes, I'm also playing Ape Escape One. Like because the what the, fell on your head that compelled you to do that? Uh, the the new PS fair, premium fair enough, came fair out. Enough. I was like an Ape Escape. I literally so anytime. I'm searching for anything. I always sort from A to Z when I'm searching in the store mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Okay. Ape Escape is one of the very first things that pops up, and I was like, I'm going to pl- replay the first oh Ape Escape. Um, and it is way rougher than I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just the very first stage, I like. I, I played Ape Escape 2 like, last year, and I remember the first stage, and it was like, it's not crazy big or anything like that, but it's got like a statue. It's got, like, some, it's got stuff all around. This one is literally like... It's not even a box. It's like a weird trapezoid type mm-hmm. shape. And there's like five trees. There's like a gap like between like the mountains that are boxing you in. And it's just like leads into nothing. And it's just an invisible wall there. Oh, man. And it's just like, I was like, oh, man, this is. That's, yeah. This is I, this is where games used I think to I be. did like a Let's Play of, of two when they did the remaster for, for PS4 or whatever. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And like. 
that's I mean that's a fun game, but it definitely has like how how something felt in your in your mind, you know, yeah. rose tinted goggles and all that. But uh, was that the was Ape Escape one that the first DualShock game? It was one of the early ones that required it. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. Yes, because you have to use the right analog stick. The you flick it to swing your net for capturing right. the apes, or uh, your gotta, sword for knocking you them. Spin it to use the kayak paddles to yeah. fly. Yep. Because mm-hmm. video games. I remember that. So that one, I played Ape Escape when I was a child. Much smaller hands. The early Dual Shocks. Not the most ergonomic joysticks. I remember having to do that like rotational thing with the thumbstick in mm-hmm. order to get the little the, the, like the, the, the little, sky flyer. Or I whatever. remember it hurting my thumb so bad after like <laughs> playing it for like an hour. I remember my thumb just being like, I can't move this. Mm-hmm. Can't move this anymore. Now maybe I think that might be PlayStation's version of that Mario Party game that would make kids get like <laughs> oh, the man, that, <laughs> stigmata. I, I feel like I ruined so many like N sixty four controllers yeah. playing Mario Party. We don't back need to talk day. about that game on this show. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to talk about that game ever. I hate that game. <laughs> Um, no, I, I I love I love Ape Escape as a as a concept. Yeah. Um, this actually ties into Matt. You're playing Metal Gear Solid Three. Yes. Do you know that there was like a crossover between those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Which I I always I always just wanted I wanted like Metal Gear. I wanted like I, I wanted Ape Escape remade in the in the Fox engine. Like I wanted a super realistic animal control game <laughs> oh, about apes, but with like horribly realistic monkeys that you gotta capture you know yeah that'd be terrifying yeah yeah what do you think of metal gear i'm playing it it's nice yeah, it's good yeah like so it. <laughs> uh good segue uh yeah i am finally uh fixing a big blind spot in my gaming library so i beat metal gear solid one for the first time last year i also took a vacation after summer of gaming and in that week i beat metal gear solid 2 which a plus really good, good man, game good man really awesome uh, and I'm starting Metal Gear Solid 3, and it's, uh, it's tougher than Metal Gear Solid 2, I think, because the open areas, I'm not as comfortable in them as, like, the tight corridors in Metal Gear Solid 2 and Metal Gear Solid 1. So I'm struggling a little bit, but, like, I'm, like, it's kind of crazy to me that they're both from the same generation. Like, it feels kind of mm-hmm. wild that they're both on the PS2 era. But no, like, that's like a GTA 3 San Andreas kind of thing. Yeah. Where you're yeah. Like, what happened? Yeah, like, it's like, nuts. It's nuts how much how much deeper Metal Gear Solid 3 is. But, yeah, I'm early on. I'm, I just did the first part of the game where the credits real the intro credits mm-hmm. ran for the first time in real you know for real uh, <laughs> i don't it's you don't have to do spoilers right the boss betrayed me yeah sorry no that's yeah. like in the tutorial basically. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah so i'm just i'm like an hour after that so i'm yeah. still early on but I'm i gonna, think yeah. i think three is like objectively the best one mm-hmm. like and it's i i don't argue with people who are like that's their favorite but like two has always been kind of cl- yeah. near to my heart um again it's it's it is weird how like it i guess three am i did three, did three, 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 and then four. It was um, Peace Walker after four, I think. Peace Walker was after three, I believe. Before four, but though? before before four, I think it was just like like by a year or two. Well, if we're wrong, I'm sure we're gonna hear about yes, it. Yes, definitely. Um, but it's definitely to your point about like it going from corridors and like very tight, mm-hmm. you know, you know, ventilation shaft <laughs> stuff into much bigger areas. That's like. It takes some adjustment. Yeah. You know, it's it's weird. No, it's also sort of like, I feel like with corridors, there's a kind of, you know, it plays with the natural geometry of the, mm-hmm. the level design. Like, it's kind of, it's easier to make, I don't know, like a cardboard box in a video game than it is to make like a beautiful tree. And it's like, when you're playing, I mean, obviously the camo comes into to play a lot, yeah. but there's sort of this, this thing where you're like, what? What constitutes cover? You yeah. Know, like, what's fair game here? Like, yeah. how exactly how high is this log, and what can they see over it? Like, are, you know, I can see me in the grass. Can they? You know, it's kind of yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, one of those things where, like, and like, you know, the 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 what, the enemy AI has always been kind of like 
you can kind of mess around with it, mm-hmm. right? Like they see in a cone and you can be like right next to them, but as long as you're not in that cone, they still won't see you, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, I think going at it now, playing in 2022, like you definitely you definitely think the AI is smarter than it is, right? So you're like behind trees and you're mm-hmm. like, they can totally see me. I can see me. I'm barely even covered. <laughs> I've got 30% camo and I look like a man standing yeah. by a tree, but the enemy is just like, what's that? Well, I mean, oh. two things have happened. Like when you know, when I first played those games, I was dumber, maybe, <laughs> but you know, AI was also like you know, we had lower expect or yeah. you know, higher expectations for it. It was kind of like this is you know, that was really cutting edge. Like mm-hmm. it was playing playing two when that came out. That was insane. That was yeah. you know, amazing. And now it's like all right, these guys are kind of kind of stupid. <laughs> <You> just distract <laughs> them with a Sports Illustrated swimsuit special or whatever. <laughs> um, so that's cool. Um, what else we going to talk about? We talk about. I want to talk about Dragon's Dogma some more. I so I watched the stream or whatnot, like because it happened simultaneously as the Final Fantasy VII anniversary mm-hmm. stream. Yeah, good timing on that. Yeah, one. very great timing. Have uh, you played the original? You played everything. Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> I have played. I think I have like 15, 20 hours on my Switch in it. I didn't finish it. It's on finished. Switch, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The okay. Dark Arisen version. Oh, yeah, I guess whatever. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like it. It's fine. Um. I, I, it feels like one of those games where I really wanted it to be multiplayer, though, and that was really the big thing for mm. me that really kind of turned me off from mm-hmm. the, the series is that it's a great game. It does What it does, it does very well. But I, what I wanted out of the series, it didn't give me, so like it kind of diminished my enjoyment. It's as silly and selfish as that is. That's just kind of was my kind of I take remember on that it. being, when I, first, when I first played it, being kind of like quizzical of the pawn system. Because yeah. the whole thing, you know, the whole thing is you basically create... Uh, NPC pawn yeah, you right. make, characters. You make custom NPCs and then you share them online, and people yeah. can like rent them out or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's an odd, very it it feels kind of akin to sort of the FromSoft approach, where it's yeah, there's sort of a multiplayer component, but it's so obtuse that you don't really approach it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I jumped back into it recently, and it's like I, I highly recommend people go check that game out if they haven't because it's, it's, it's really good. It's currently it has like the highest player count that it's had in like six years or something yeah. because everyone's just like, oh, two? Oh, I remember that <laughs> game. I want to jump back into it. The fu- <laughs> that game is so goofy. It's so you, you can get so silly <laughs> yeah. in that game. Um, I love that you can just you can pick up basically anything, and like I, I forgot how like thorough that was. Like mm-hmm. you can just pick up like garbage you find lying on the ground and just throw it at people and like. Man, I wish that was I wish that was possible in like a, in like Bloodborne or something. If you just like reminds, pick up a chandelier and throw it at somebody say in real life, I'm like you can throw garbage at people now. It's just not polite. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that, that system is uh, it reminds me of uh, a system from the PS2 game uh, Radiata Stories, and it was this like old this RPG on the PS2, but you could go around on the street and just like kick somebody in the shins, <laughs> and it would start a fight with this random. Like person in town, like oh, this. Man. So that Dragon's Dogma does not have that. Yeah. I don't think the NPCs, aside from the ones who are like actual enemies, I don't think they care at all. You can just go up and throw like a crate <laughs> in a dude's face, and he's like, "Arisen, <laughs> whatever." You're like, "All right, dude. okay, fair enough." Um, yeah, I've been messing around with that. I also, uh, in lieu of, I actually did play a bunch more Elden Ring, but I started reading Berserk. Have you guys read Berserk? I, I haven't started. read it yet. Yeah. yeah, no, it's been one of my kind of like blind spots, but that is a very, very cool manga that also very, like FromSoft, very clearly borrowed some very yeah. obvious stuff from that. So it's uh, it's nice to finally delve into that and, and mess around. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and obviously like Fortnite, stuff like that. Um, 
Is there anything else you wanted to t- talk about? I don't know. I'm just kind of mm-hmm. ran out of things to talk about. It's just, this, this is, uh, yeah. you know, yeah, we're, you know, it's been a bit, it's been a busy couple of weeks for news. So yeah. like, it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a slower week to kind yeah. of get back and take some time and play some games yeah. and actually enjoy the stuff that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So no. I'm really excited that we're, you know, kind of getting this slight lull, but I'm, no, I'm it's, definitely it's, ready for some more news. It's good. I'd like some news. I'd like to find out what exactly we're playing this fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's, that would be kind of nice to find out about, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 it feels like an odd kind of blind spot, you yeah. know, like normally going into the fall, like we have like, oh, I can't wait to play this. And like, I'm excited to play Saints Row, mm-hmm. but beyond that, I'm like, well, I don't know. I think my it? big one is now is Marvel as Midnight Suns. I think it's my oh, big yeah. one for like what, September, oh, yeah. I think, or October. Yeah. It's, it's really weird that there, there are two superhero games coming out that feel like they're, they're, they're almost counterintuitive to what I want from like it. One is a, is like a weird occult card game yeah card and game I'm like, strategy this, this is a pretty far cry from what i'm used to with marvel stuff and i'm mm-hmm. willing to give it a shot because it's a studio i like and then of course there's gotham knights which is uh for all intents and purposes a ninja turtles game because it's it's a batman game without batman with four other people doing martial arts in the streets and it's like okay i mean again they've i'm willing to give that the benefit of the doubt and check it out but it's just it's kind of odd it feels like I don't make I make a break make a regular Marvel game make like a just make a regular <laughs> Batman game do it do the do it the Max, simple you know, way. Max, you know, Marvel's Avengers is sitting there waiting for you. You can go play that anytime you oh, want. <laughs> oh yes, I could. I suppose that's true. Well, anyway, on that note, uh, let's disassemble this podcast real quick. Nice. Um, nice. Is there anything you two want to plug at all, Jada? Anything you've been working on? <sighs> Nothing to plug right now. I've got some ideas in the uh, the old uh, the old brain tube, but uh, you know, still. Uh, working on this cool matt nothing no yeah it's uh it's we just finished summer of gaming so it's kind of we're in that little yeah. lull but yeah slow news week yeah slow news week well, yeah but just go go find your favorite old news story and leave a nice comment on it yeah it'd be nice i I'd read them. uh i just finished a video that i want to shout out me it's all about me um no i did another episode of kitbash creatures my show where i build cool stuff and this week i decided to do a mashup of um top gun maverick with the f-14 and i took a model kit and i turned it into buzz lightyear spaceship and we're like this is going to be a huge hit this is gonna be the best video because everyone's gonna go see lightyear people didn't go see lightyear <laughs> that movie flopped and so did my video so please go watch and give it a like <laughs> whatever um, that's up on the main it IGN channel. It did look pretty cool from what I saw. Like, it looked really cool. It was fun. So. I got to build a little spaceship. It was a good time. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you both for joining me and for, for sure. you know, sh- sh- shooting the sh- breeze? swear word. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Breeze. I don't know. I don't know how we go breeze to the other word that people say you shoot. Um, where can people find you? Uh, Jada underscore Arena on Twitter and Jada Arena on site. Yeah. Uh, Matt Kim on the site at Love TD on Twitter. I got to change my username. I got to do it. Matt Kim writer. I don't know. There we go. Yeah. But that's not my username. My Matt, username Matt is Kim, not the band. Not the band. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm Max Scoville. Thank you all for watching. Uh, as always, uh, Beyond, and I'll be doing this again next week. If you have suggestions for what we can do differently, please word them nicely in the comments, and I'll check it out if you have topic suggestions. That, too. Let's just expect it might be kind of a quiet news week. It's that summertime lull. And on that note, Beyond. 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 Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of Go Kid Go and a mom to two kids. Join my family on the story train with Calm Conductor Birdie each night as we travel through the magic rainbow tunnel to everywhere and anywhere to find the best bedtime stories. Search for Story Train on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) 